Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. And on this show, as you know, we are reading Frank Herbert's Dune series chapter by chapter. And today we are back, 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 back again to talk chapters 51 and 52 of Children of Dune just as soon as we get some of this sweet, sweet syrup. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I don't. I I would love to know, like, what flavor this syrup is. Is it just, like, general sweet? Is it, like, a honeysuckle kind of thing? I don't know. Is it, like, honey? I need to know. It can be whatever you want it to be. I guess so. Maybe make it taste like passion fruit or something. Mm. Oh. I love honey, so just honey is fine for me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I love honey. Me too. Anyway, hey, Megan. Hello. (laughs) Here we are, back again. Talking about about Dune. again. Yep. We are here. We are back. A bit of like housekeeping before we get into the chapters. Uh, So Florence and uh, the Elvis kid are now confirmed. Yes. The Elvis kid. (laughs) I don't remember. Austin Butler. There we go. Um, So yeah, they are now confirmed as our Arulin and Fade. And yeah, um, I'm sorry that Elvis movie looks like shit and I'm not. (laughs) I'm just not into the whole Elvis thing. I mean, I I, it looks like they're at least trying to acknowledge that he stole most of his music from like you know from black musicians. So yes, that would be good. But at the same time, like Tom Hanks in that fat suit is just like a mix on fat suits. Just hire fat people. Just please, there are fat actors. You know what? John Goodman would have been great. Oh, and he's amazing. not even he's not even that big anymore. He's nope. just a he's just a large man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I hate it's, I hate a fat suit. They make me so, just so angry. Because it's also the thing with fat suits, not just because there are actual fat people that if you want someone to to look a certain way, you could just hire mm-hmm. a fat person. Because there's you know, little things you can do, obviously. If you say, oh, this is supposed to be a brunette character, but this actress mm-hmm. is blonde, she gets a wig or she dyes her hair. Fine. Mm-hmm. But it's the, oh, obviously a fat person. A fat person can't be on screen. We need an attractive, skinny person who we make to look fat, but not, right. you know, it's not real. And like, what? I'm sorry, but those fat suits look way more disgusting than any fat person has ever looked. <laughs> Like, they is just that never... really what you think we look like, guys? <laughs> I mean, some people, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, every time I think that, you know, maybe the society has, has come a certain way, I see comments on Facebook and I go, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Some people Everyone are just hates shit. Us. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's disappointing. I don't know. It's the same thing with, like, why not just have a trans person play a trans character? Leto too. Well, he's going to get real drama here in the next chapter. I mean, this first chapter is just, well, it's some old men complaining. Yeah. Um, yeah as we said, it is basically a, a Metamucil commercial <laughs> for this first chapter. It's like those, it's like one of those commercials you see for like life insurance where it's people talking at a mm. funeral where they're like, oh, 
Like, I feel so bad for Alice. Like, I heard this funeral cost $20,000. Didn't George have life insurance? <gasps> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go home right now and yeah. get some. That is very much what it's like. <laughs> I don't want any of that shit. <laughs> Burial at sea, I don't care. <laughs> uh, Viking funeral. Uh, I mean, that's really what I want. Can your husband use a bow and arrow? No, that's the mm. thing. And like we've already worked we've already established we're we're working on the assumption that such a thing will be legal on this side of the world at the at you know, when I finally go. Um but <laughs> we've already worked it out to where he's gonna miss on purpose a couple times. <laughs> just for just for humor. Oh, like uh Tobias Menzies on Game of Thrones. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although I don't think he was doing that on purpose. No, no, he's just kind of a loser. Yeah. <laughs> Which was why I found him so alarmingly horrible on Outlander. Because I was like, wait, but this is that guy from oh Game of Thrones God. who was a big old doofus. <laughs> I fucking love Tobias Mizzies. I think he is such a good actor. And I do, like, find him weirdly hot. However, <laughs> I hated him so much on Game of Thrones and Outlander. Like, <laughs> those two shows, like... Why are you trying to kill my love of this man? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> He's still my favorite William Elliot from Persuasion. So Yeah, sometimes you get these, you know, you get announcements of roles and you go, no, why are you doing this personally to me? <laughs> Should we talk about the chapter? <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I'm mad at Gurney. So this is Gurney and Namory. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I, I guess we should read this epigraph. A wonderful epigraph this week. Uh, I, I guess I will, I will read it. It is from the Benny Jesuit Private Reports, Folio <laughs> 800-881. Okay. Dramatic. Fremen speech implies great concision, a precise sense of expression. It is immersed in the illusion of absolutes. Its assumptions are a fertile ground for absolutist religions. Furthermore, Fremen are fond of moralizing. They confront the terrifying instability of all things with institutionalized statements. They say, we know there is no summa of all attainable knowledge. That is the preserve of God. But whatever men can learn, men can contain. Out of this knife-edged approach to the universe, they carve a fantastic belief in signs and omens and in their own destiny. This is an origin of their Krasilek legend, the war at the end of the universe. Mm. Uh, yeah, I like that. And it's very true. It's very, very precise because it's Benny Gesserit records. Mm -hmm. Someone had to make these notes. Uh, But I'm mad at Gurney this chapter because he calls Jessica a witch again. And it's like, dude, that's your girlfriend. Yeah, I mean. I mean, he's mad. He's frustrated. He's just thinking to himself. I mean, honestly, to be fair to Gurney in this chapter, and I'm not going to apologize the witch thing. For the witch thing, but to be fair, he has been working on very limited information. <laughs> Granted, and he's yeah. realizing and that, that he has not been off. told everything. And yeah. I yes, and he he doesn't say it out loud. Mm-mm. And he's really pissed at Namri, but he knows that he can't like kill him because Jessica would like it. So he's he's also just feeling very constrained by everything that's going yeah. on. But so I'll I'll allow it, but I don't like it, Gurney. No, I don't no, like no. It. I, I, I'm right there with you. Like, 
understandable, but still unacceptable. And I am picturing Gurney a lot more as Josh Brolin lately. I think it's just because of all the growling. I He's- guess, but you know who I still see is Gurney? This is so embarrassing. I still see the guy from the fucking miniseries, and I didn't even think he was that good of a Gurney, but... I don't even remember him from the miniseries. Yeah, he just, he was always going, oh, and, you young pup. Yeah. <laughs> All the time to Paul. I didn't kind of see him in my in my head. He was just very jovial, and that's kind of what I've been, like, what I picture when I read it. But, yeah, I would rather think of Josh Brolin, I think. I mean, maybe I just want it to, you know, continue through making more movies, and maybe, like, we can see them make out. <laughs> I'm not I mean, super into Josh Brolin, it. but I mean, hey. I mean, come on. I I would honestly watch Rebecca Ferguson make out with the melon. So this is very true. Mm-hmm. And I do. Okay, I'm gonna say something now. I said this on Twitter, but I'm gonna say it to you because we're here in person, and it's okay. another tangent. But here we go. Speaking of Rebecca <laughs> Ferguson, when yeah. were you gonna tell me I dress like a psychic vampire? <laughs> I am so glad you finally saw Dr. Sleep. It was oh amazing. Love it. Chef's so kiss. So good. So it's, good. It's so long, but it is so worth it to me. But like every outfit she had on, I was like, I own that. Yeah. I mean, just like <laughs> the yoga pants, like always wearing like the athleisure on the bottom and then like the loose flowy tops and like lots of or weird like a jewelry. peasant skirt, the t-shirt. Yeah. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All you, all you really need, Megan, is the hat. I need the hat. Yeah, and there you go, Rose the Hat cosplay for life, living, for- living cosplay. <laughs> yeah. What do they call it? A Disney bound. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so friends, watch Doctor Sleep. It is yes. uh, two out of two hosts of this podcast recommend it. <laughs> yes, I'm glad I finally saw it. I really liked the book, so I was, I was mm-hmm. happy to finally see it. And I was, you know, I'm in a UN mode. Mm, yeah into the UN state of mind so of course gotta he's he is Hugh McGregor is one of those actors that I forget all the stuff he's been in because he's so good and stuff yeah like if you asked me to list Ewan McGregor movies I'd probably be like uh, uh? <laughs> but then, of course I've seen 1500 of them did you see him in Fargo he was actually really good he played two parts in Fargo no, season three never seen Fargo uh, good show, really good show. Like seasons one and two are excellent, and uh, season three is fine. But like he's really good in it, and uh, he's like Carrie Coon is also in it, and oh. you know how much I fucking love Carrie Coon. So yes, right. okay. So all right, good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know Mary Elizabeth Winstead's on it. Hmm. Well, I mean, we all know about that. We all know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know so, that's that's his business. Oh yeah, I just I know she's also on it because every yeah. article has to mention that. Sure. Anyhow, sorry, I just had to get that off off of my t-shirted <laughs> chest. <laughs> uh, uh, it's very good. I'm glad you finally watched it. Now we can really like we'll start a separate show that's just us breaking. We'll do a minute by minute Doctor Sleep cast. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> there are minutes of that movie, though, that I would not want to discuss because I'd just be like, oh, no, mm-hmm. no, thank you. 
so many dark towers. Did you pick up all the dark tower Easter eggs? Yes. So many oh, dark tower Easter eggs. I was so excited the first time I watched it. I was like, what? North Central Positronics? <laughs> <laughs> what? Brian's sitting next to me like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, so it's a cause a wheel. <laughs> I went, <laughs> oh it's so good it's always yeah. it's always with us so anyway gurney gurney uh would be also good in the dark tower uh if we were going to cross over <laughs> characters gurney fit yeah. in mm-hmm. um so basically namry's like don't worry we've got they've got Leto with another hideaway he's safe we swear uh Sabai's there but we're, she's not gonna let him go this time mm-hmm and, you know, he's like, well, are are you going to kill him? And Amory's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not up to me anymore. Uh, Gurney wants to see him. It's not allowed. Uh, and, yeah, Gurney's just like, but this none of this secrecy was part of this agreement. Like, and I'm supposed like, to be on the know. Like, none of this makes any fucking sense. He's just like, you know, Jessica... Would have been nice if you'd filled me in on just a little bit of this, <laughs> just a touch. Yeah, but things start getting heated. I mean, this is a really short chapter. Yeah, because he says, you know, well, you were only supposed to kill him if he was an abomination, and mm-hmm. Emery's like, yeah, I know, but I don't know. I mean, we never did find out. Uh. Like, we do have tests for that. We're gonna test him. Don't worry. And he's like, well, what if he is? And he's like, well, don't worry about it. And Gurney's kind of like, you know what? I'm done. I'm fucking he's done. Like, Fremen women often sends send their sons off to die, and he's like, "Okay, so is he dead? Stop yeah. talking at me in aphorisms." <laughs> yeah. like, oh, ah, Fremen! Seriously, <laughs> like, stop sphinxing me. <laughs> he's like, you know, I need to know stuff, and mm. Namri's like, "Well, you're gonna get your money." And he's like, "I don't care about the money. I want to know what's going on. I want to know where yeah. this kid is." Yeah. Uh, then Namri's basically like, you know what? <laughs> then he says, I think you should know that Jessica is a prisoner on Seleucus Secundus. Yeah. And all the notes that you've gotten from her were actually from Alia. Surprise, I work for Alia. Yeah. The womb of heaven, he calls her, which can we not? <laughs> but I, it's so wrong. But what he's... He's so Namri announces this and he says, you know, Gertie's just like, well, Ollie is going to fuck this all up. Like, you know, I mm. surprise. And Namri pulls out his quiz knife and he says, what do you know of the womb of heaven? You male whore. <laughs> I did laugh at that. I, I'm not going to lie. Gertie Especially because it's not written with an exclamation point. So he's just no. like, you male whore. It's just like... Are you calling him a himbo? Because we we've already established that the gurney is our favorite himbo. He's just like, wait a minute, are you calling? Are you calling me a whore? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Namri pretends uh, that he is clumsy. Gurney mm-hmm. sees right through it. Yep. He has extra fabric. Tie, uh, sewn into his robe so that he could throw his arm up and Amory stabs the extra fabric. Mm. And then he covers his and Amory's face in the fabric and stabs him through the face. Yeah. So. Woohoo! 
Yeah. And that's it. And then he's like, well, all right. So he, like... <laughs> I'm sorry, I find this hilarious. Gurney, like, doing this little ho bit of housekeeping. He, like, puts Namri's body in the corner and then just throws, like, a bunch of pillows. <laughs> yeah. Puts like, a rug Claudia with her, with her dolls. <laughs> and he's just like, well, I gotta get out of here before someone finds this. But damn. <laughs> and he's also so disappointed in the whole scenario because Namri had armor on that yeah. Gurney still penetrated. But he's like, how did he expect that no one was going to see his armor? Like, obviously he was up to something. Like, oh, he does have a a little line like, yeah. And how do you think like we trained or something like? I you forget that I like trained with the Atreides and we're the fucking best. <laughs> we're the fucking best, and we just don't trust anybody. Yeah, not a god dang person. You know what I would love actually? Th now that I'm thinking about it, I would love to see like. A retelling. I would read this on AO3. I'm just saying. Like a retelling or sort of a reimagining of this as like mafia families. Because it, it does feel like. you. Yeah. Like the Atreides, they do feel like a mafia family. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> At Pro Mafia podcast here. Like, please <laughs> don't send the mafia after us. <laughs> we respect you, your small business owners. They, I just love that he's so annoyed that Namri tried to attack him. He's just like, mm -hmm. what was that about? He's I like, time he, for had, this. he had to know I was going to fucking kill him. Like, And he remembers that the innocent move without care. So he just saunters down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know. Yeah. And he's kind of like, you know what? I feel better about this whole situation. I didn't like yeah. this plan. And now I'm out of the plan. So I'm just gonna steal myself an ornithopter. Gonna go, go see Stilgar. Yeah. And uh, That's we're gonna much it. figure it out. So, bye, Damry. What does he say? Like, Stilgar is like the last, like, neutral or noble Fremen or something to that effect. Yeah. It's kind of insulting, but. Uh, uh, a good Fremen with a good Fremen superstitions. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I feel like Jessica, Jessica's, Jessica had explained it. There's a very thin layer of civilized behavior over Stilgar's original nature. And here's how you take that layer off him. Like, Jessica? Yeah. I, I appreciate that line because, like, you know, it's a good reminder that, like, Stilgar, any of the Fremen, like, they never really had a chance against Jessica. Like she, yeah, she and, knows. And I, she, she knows. You know, she can see that shit. And then also, you know, Stilgar's kind of become, you know, a a businessman, like a representative, yeah, a bit of a, but now, a bit of a bureaucrat. Yeah. But now it's like, uh, but he's that's just a thin veneer. Yeah. We can get back to original recipe, Stilgar. <laughs> yes. Just spitting on tables on the big screen. Give it to me. I have seen that scene gift a lot. TikTok, you have a problem. Um, it's really like, it's really Leto's spit that really kind of gecks me because of the the snorting. I don't know. That's the one they gift the most. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. No, no. <laughs> uh, 
for reasons. Anyway, next Every chapter. Every so often, even I find something on, on the internet that I'm just like, what? What? <laughs> <I'm> a, what? <laughs> I see. Yeah. And so now, oh my gosh, you guys, skipping ahead a little, but we have gotten to Supreme Weirdness. Yes. It's going to get real weird. Yeah. Uh, so, this um, is... did you want me to take this? Uh, uh, yeah, go for it. Okay, here we go. Next chapter, epigraph begins. <clears throat> this is from the Fadiken Compact, and it goes like this. The spirit of Muad'Dib is more than words, more than the letter of the law which arises in his name. Muad'Dib must always be that inner outrage against the complacency, complacently powerful, excuse me, against the charlatans and the dogmatic fanatics. It is that inner outrage which must have its say because Muad'Dib taught us one thing above all others, that humans can endure only in a fraternity of social justice. Social justice? Oh, that SJW Mwadim. <laughs> They're all the furthest social justice warriors. From it, honestly, for this thing. Very much from so. It. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> but honestly, like, yeah, it's a good message if people would mm-hmm. fucking listen to it. That's, mm. uh, you know, he had his, he had its moments. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, so Leto's in the, the hut. <laughs> I I have to share with the listeners like <laughs> my my little subtitle for this chapter which we were mm-hmm. talking about before we started recording which was a little lord leto leaping. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Yes, please. That <laughs> sounds it's something that Betty Jezzer make you do. Yeah. <laughs> when you when you can do that and make baby hands. You've proved yourself. You've made it. <laughs> You're you in. passed your test. <laughs> uh, he's having some uh, coffee and gruel. Yeah. And it's all just full of spice. Just well, Sabia is, is mixing up some gruel for him. And he's like, eh. I'm, oh, yes. I'm still really high, so I don't need that. And she's like, no, you have to eat it. Uh, he's noting that, you know, they have this lamp. It's not a glow globe. It's a spice oil lamp. Which mm-hmm. I bet smells amazing. Yeah, it probably does. And he's thinking, you know, they have they keep slaves. They use these spice oil lamps, which is very mm-hmm. ancient Fremen ways. But they also yeah. use spice harvesters and, and fancy ornithopters. Right. So they're like this mix of like modernity. Mar- mardini- oh, God, I can't say it. Modernity. <laughs> and uh, whatever the opposite of that is. It's like when you're at the Amish market and they have a cell phone. Yeah, I've never seen that. Oh, I have. Yeah, I think and that I would know. that would definitely throw me a bit. Yeah. I was like, just sell me muffins, please. <laughs> Delicious yeah. muffins. Um, some of those wonderful Amish cheeses, thank you. Uh, he doesn't want to eat it. She says, you know, they're going to punish me if you don't eat. Like, I'm already yeah. in trouble. So could you not get me in more trouble? Yeah, like I'm literally now a slave. Thanks to you. So could you just eat? So he's still thinking about all the different threads of his possible futures. He's like, I could kill her and that would change one. And I could tell her what all the plans are and that would change Mm -hmm. another. 
I could mm-hmm. just wait here for my father. Uh, and he's still thinking, I mean, and it is though we were, you know, making appropriately disgusted noises at the descriptions of, you know, his adult feelings, as it were. Mm. Uh, it is very poignant that he keeps thinking, like, I could just have a normal life. Yeah. Like, I could it's... just live here till I get a little older. She and I could be together. Like, we could just have a normal life. No, I mean, it's really like that Im- that note of emotion that really makes this, like, such a compelling story. Like, this, like these notes of regret and, like, what might have been that make it so interesting. Because, mm. like, he's really... I mean, when it comes down to, like, making a choice like this, like, it, you really, he really is, like, doing something very, I hate to say this, but it is a selfless act, what he's doing, and he's kind of, yeah. like, dooming himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, he absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, he's just kind of, like, I really think maybe I could kill her. <laughs> that might fix a lot of stuff, but then he's he's, he's very he's very he much like want I, to. he doesn't want to. He's just feeling yeah. that that is a very distinct possibility that might actually you know work pretty well mm-hmm. with his other plans. Yeah, uh, he knows that Mira is is this trying to fill him with spice so he'll have a vision, mm-hmm. and she's just so Sabia's just like, look, I've had visions a lot too when I'm in the spice orgy and it doesn't mean anything. Like you just see things. But he's kind of saying like, she's afraid of her visions. Yeah. Yeah. He's realizing that everyone can have, like every human has the ability to have visions. It's Mm. just that they don't believe them or they don't make themselves more so than others. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're just, you know, steeped in spice all the time. Yeah. Uh, he's thinking that, you know, she depends on absolutes and she Mm. doesn't have the capacity to think in terms of what ifs. Yeah. Which, to be fair, I would neither if they were as crazy as these. Yeah, I mean, that's, to me, like, that's a very human thing. And he just says, you know, I've got to, I have to make my my decisions and they are not great. (laughs) And he thinks, as he will think frequently, my skin is not my own. Yeah. So it's time to go get some air, I think. So she says, you know, you can't escape because every canyon has a worm Mm -hmm. and they're very alert because they're captive. So they'll sense you immediately and you don't have a still suit. And he's like, that's fine. Um, He's he's, like, yeah, I'm not worried. um, She's just like, well, I'll come with you. He's like, you really don't want to do that. Like, just stay here. Uh, he says he's going out to the Quanat, and she tells him to look out because it's full of sand trout. Yeah. And he says, don't worry, they won't eat me. And right. I like how she just keeps being like, well, are you going to eat this when you come back? Because I really need <laughs> you to eat this damn gruel. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, uh, we'll see. I don't want to eat indigo gruel. No, not particularly. It, it sounds, sounds like when... Lovely. Well, it sounds like when they would sell those oatmeal packets that, like, were green and stuff. Oh, to, like, I hate try to that shit. Make kids eat oatmeal. Or, like, you know, the purple ketchup and stuff. Like, yeah. Ugh, like, one, oatmeal is delicious. Mm-hmm. Two, ketchup is delicious. Don't 
screw with them. Like, the only two uses of raisins that I approve of is in oatmeal. Mm-hmm. If it's cooked in the oatmeal and they get, like, nice and puffy and sweet. Yep. Or uh, bread pudding and, like, mm-hmm. end of list. End of yeah. list. <laughs> yeah. You don't need raisins for anything else. The issue with raisins also is that you can't get a small amount of raisins, a finite no. amount of raisins. Because sometimes like, you have raisins and you're like, oh, raisins are actually pretty tasty. Maybe I would enjoy some raisins. But you can all only buy 16 little boxes of raisins or mm-hmm. a pound of raisins. Yeah, or like one big drum of raisins. It's like, why can't it's... I just buy a 50 cent little box of raisins that I shall enjoy? And then yeah. I'm done with raisins for two years. Right. <laughs> I have <sighs> not eaten raisins on their own as a snack in so long. It was one of our poverty meals, though. Like, not meals, but a poverty treat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I get real fancy and I buy, like, dried cherries, and that's when I'm like, I'm rich. Uh, My husband loves dried cranberries. Delish. Yeah, good stuff. Love a dried fruit. Um, Yeah, here for it. He says, don't worry about Mures. I will deal with him. And so he goes out into the night he thinks a little bit about how they capture the worms he's remembering Uh, like playing around with Ghani when they used to you know capture the the sand trout and suck the syrup out of them so apparently when you catch a sand trout they're kind of floopy Mm -hmm. and they'll kind of crawl on you and what you can do is, like, you can roll them up like yeah. a little enchilada and... A churro. Like a, and then you you can suck this green syrup out of them. Yeah. I guess it's like, I don't know, is it like the green stuff in a lobster? <laughs> <laughs> so that's not syrup. Um. And you get, like, a little bit of energy from that. Yeah, it, like, gives you energy. It tastes really sweet. Um, you know, sounds cool, except you have to drink it out of a fucking... Okay, the way these things are described, they're diamond-shaped without yes. without head or tail or mouth. They just have, like, little cilia that... Delightful. You know, wiggle around, and and that's what they are. And, mmm, I gotta get me some of that. And when you pick them up, they kind of attach themselves to you. Like, they call it the living glove. Very important, foreshadowing. Yeah. And it kind of attaches itself to you. I'm acting this out right now. I am not on camera. (laughs) Uh, And, yeah, if you're a kid, you kind of let it, like, sit on you. You can kind of see through it, and it senses your capillaries. It attaches itself to you, and you kind of play with it, and then it falls off. And yeah, because it it's strong. It's drawn to water, or um, it. You know, it, it. I don't know. It's something about the water, or it's the spice. Like it. It's really like the spice is what it really wants. Yeah. So the sand trout are coming in, mm-hmm. and he lays down and kind of finds one, and he's yep. just like, "All right, here we go," uh, <laughs> and he lets the squirm on his hand. And then he lets another one go on his other hand, and then he lets them cover his body. So, like, remember that he has been 
force fed like massive quantities of spice for months now apparently and that's what they're drawn to and so it, it's like <laughs> it becomes a symbiote Eddie Eddie <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, I don't like this trout. Um, oh, God. So, <laughs> we're it really is, not it's... treating this with the respect that it deserves. Leto's making a very big decision. Yeah, it's a huge deal. He's basically changing the course of his entire life and the future of all of humanity. So he's concentrating, he is making the sand trout become like a secondary skin all over his body. Mm -hmm. They stop being as sort of pliable as they are and become more leathery. Mm -hmm. uh, he will not let one over his face, which is fair. Yeah. Uh, don't do that. So he kind of rolls one up near his face so that he can suck out the syrup. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a catch tube, like for, an, on his still suit. And he gets up and realizes that he can now move way too fast and leap yeah. way too far. I have to say, I really enjoyed this segment because he's like falling over and laughing and stuff. And it's like the first and only time he feels like a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's He sees uh, a sandworm. And the worm's mm -hmm. just kind of like, sup? <laughs> yeah. The worm is like, what are you? <laughs> and Sabia comes out and she's standing like at the the door of the hut or whatever. Is like, what the fuck? <laughs> because he is like only two, like, he's like a few meters away from this worm. And it's like the closest anyone has ever gotten to a worm and live, you know, yeah. that, when they're not riding one. And uh, to talk about it. And he's just like, look, the worm does my bidding. Woohoo! She's like, I don't need this. What the yeah, hell is, am I looking at right she now? She is freaked out, and understandably. He starts running and leaping through the desert. He realizes that just even with all this, he's still wasting moisture if he doesn't have his face covered. So he does, kind of, he kind of pulls one up like a little, like a snood. Yeah. Uh... And I saw like snood, snoods. Well, it depends on what kind of snood because they call yeah. like a, you have a hair snood, and then they call my brother and sister in law have a greyhound, and when he wears mm. a scarf, it's called a snood, mm -hmm. and it looks hilarious. Look up greyhound <laughs> snood, you'll have a great time. Yeah, no, he, it, it, he's sort of playing around with it and making like making it into like an ad hoc sort of still suit basically like it, mm -hmm. it can cover like he can make a bubble over his mouth with the one of the sand trout i guess he's able to like roll it up into a flap that he can remove when he when he wants to talk um uh some th a thopter comes by and some men come out with weapons and he's just like well I'm not human anymore, so mm -hmm. I'm not real concerned with this. And he starts jumping and leaping away. Mm -hmm. uh, he jumps 40 meters in a single jump. It's real high. That's a lot. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, he realizes that this is going to become a legend, but that the legend will become real. 
and he waits and hides in the desert until there are no more hunters because he's yep. gone too far and they haven't followed him. He's able and... to um, drink the syrup instead of like his body's moisture because he like, can like feel what the sand trout are doing to his body and it's sort of working in the way that it's like he's becoming a new organism basically. He thinks about all the various uh, sieges that he's going to raid and mm -hmm. smash all of their water caches yep. and all of the the greenery and everything that's been done, ecologically speaking, to mm -hmm. set it all back. Uh, that they'll blame rebel tribes. Alia will be dealing with that. He mouths the words that will return Ghani's memory to her because he knows that soon he'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and then I'm going to see my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk man to man. It's like, well, you're not a man. Uh, but first, you're a it's, worm time, boy. it's time to nap. <laughs> Gotta take a little sleepy sleep. Yeah. So a little like, worm lad. He like burrows himself into the into the sand and then he, <laughs> he makes like a little air tube with one of his little sand trouts. Ugh, it's so weird. And this is the part that we have been saying for so long that Dune is very weird because I think we cannot undercut the fact that a nine-year-old boy just made himself into a worm boy. Yep. So a little sand boy. Yeah. He is uh, scaly and weird and strong and fast and... I do like how in the miniseries they were like, we cannot cover James McAvoy entirely. No, and thank stuff. you. We that. have to like make sure that he still has one muscly arm and most of his yeah. chest is still there. Because oh my god, yeah, I we've mean... got James McAvoy here. And this was like super early in his career too. So, mm -hmm. but like they knew star power. I mean, James McAvoy now, I think they'd be like, we need more because he's still beefy. No, he is beefy now. <laughs> he got real beefy. Mm. Sorry, uh, I just, I love him a lot. <laughs> I love him a lot. <laughs> He's very good. <laughs> but yeah, so Leto is a little worm lad now. Yep. And that's important for, well, the rest of this, the series, honestly. Yeah, yep. Big, now we're getting into the big weird. The big so. weird has come. Yeah. And you'll notice that Paul did not take this upon himself. Like, no. great. Cool. Great, cool. Great move, Good dude. job. Super I mean, cool. when, when Chani was alive, like, I can see it because, you know, he's like, well, like, maybe I could have it all. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, sure. Maybe. But then after that, like, I don't know. You should have just done it instead of just wandering blind just in go the out in the desert get yourself some sand trout and cover your body in them just do it dude i bet it feels real weird i'm sure it does and you know i mean <laughs> i i'm not gonna get into all of that there's a lot of like anatomical things that i would want to talk about but since this is a child we're talking about i'm not gonna yeah yeah, just like, you know, the practicalities. I mean, these are sacrifices that must be made. And I think mm -hmm. that it's it's interesting as well, because when we 
again, we assume if you're listening to this, you you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. When we next see him in the next book, it's gotten a slight bit weirder. <laughs> just a touch. Just a little bit weirder than just a leathery kid. Uh, yeah. So I... I mean, it's it's like how it's the endless, does he have arms or not? Yeah. Like, we don't even know. Yeah, there's... Like, I'm sure when we get into God Emperor, like, we'll, we'll kind of have a little more physical description, but... We do, but it's very... Vague. It's vague in that people just see him and are like, holy shit. Yeah. And that's more what we focus on. Than... It's more of impressions, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but so. yeah. Oh my oh, god! Lido. So Lido. yeah, this is things are yeah. It it is very bittersweet because like he's doing what he's got to do. He's doing the thing that he knows is gonna like save all of humanity. Blah blah blah. At the same time, like to ask a child, and I don't care. Like, do not give me the whole like. Oh, he's millions of years old. He's a child. Mm-hmm. To ask a child at this stage in his life or to ex- for him to do this or decide to do this, it's to me is like very sad. It is. No, yeah. it's absolutely sad. And he knows that ultimately he didn't have a choice. Like there were other yeah. paths that were open, but he knew that all of those wouldn't. They if would he eventually had chosen lead... to just, yeah. if he had chosen to just live a regular life, he would have lived, you know, however many years. Mm-hmm. And died, and then Doom would have been destroyed eventually. Yeah. Um, and no more worms, no, no more, more worms, yeah. Um, and we need we need those worms, mm-hmm. they're super giant and super cool, yeah. And yeah, so that's kind of where it's at, like you know, he he's looking at. Well, I could have a normal life and just, you know, live and die like everyone else does. Or I could keep us all from going extinct. Yeah. Like, these are my only choices. Yikes. Cool. Cool. Very cool. I I wish that he had gotten more time to, like, live and be just a person. It it makes me sad that he doesn't. So... But this is, like, definitely a point of no return for him. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no going back now. Yeah, you can't undo what he's done. Mm-mm. And he knows that. Um, yeah. And he makes this decision regardless of that. And I think that that makes him a cut above his, his father. Oh, for sure. at the end of it, couldn't make those decisions. Yeah, I mean, I think we can just go ahead and say it. Paul chickened out. Uh, and I think that it's extra chickened out. When you know that this is going to fall to your child. Because he knew. Yeah. yeah. Um, he knew. He knew it would be one of them. And he let himself vanish out into the desert anyway. Yeah. So, mm, Paul. Extra level of cowardice there. So, thumbs up, Paul. Great work. Yeah. Great work, hope Paul. Hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> I was, I will say, just speaking of the name Paul... Mm-hmm. I was one of those people on Facebook the other day because someone was, was making that same joke of, oh, my God, like, it's this universe, but there's a guy named Paul. Mm-hmm. And 
I finally had to, you know, push my glasses up on my face and be like, <laughs> well, technically he's named after his grandfather, Paulus, which is mm. either more or less a sci-fi name. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, but actually, um, he's named actually, after his grandfather, whose name was Apollos. No, that's what we're here for. Let's get weirding, correcting <laughs> incorrect nerds. He was killed by a bull? <laughs> Maybe you know this? Yeah. <laughs> they might have mentioned it in the movie 800 times. Just just a f- once or twice, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, so, Paulus. I think that's a worse name than Paul. I agree. Because I feel like Paulus is one of those names that's, that you put into a sci-fi or fantasy that's kind of faux sci-fi or fantasy. I mean, it feels like some, a name someone on Battlestar Galactica would have, honestly. God, the names those people had. I know. (laughs) I mean, and it's funny. you had, like... Tori Foster, but then you had like Gaius Baltar and I, Gaius Ga- Baltar, Galen Tyrrell. Um, yeah, I, and it's funny to me because they tried to shift away from the feeling of the original '70s sh- series because on that show, things like Athena and Apollo were just their names, mm. and then they made them call signs on the new ones. It was like, oh, we we don't have characters named things like that. It's like, yeah. But not only call signs, but like part of the their is like their religion. Yeah, yeah. Now so. I'm thinking about Jamie Bamber. So. I know Battlestar Galactica, uh, April great show. Yeah, great show. Check it out. And, and I mean, much like Lost, I do not think that the finale was sucks, as bad as people say. So no, I give, think, it, I give think, it a try. I think that the epilogue there at the end kind of sucked, but. It, does it was not, a bit of a button. Yeah, but to me, it does not, like, take away from that beautiful, like, that full oh last episode is, like, intense as fuck. And the ending is so beautiful with, like, Sam piloting all the ships into the sun. Like, uh, ugh. Fuck. Okay, you just told everyone the ending of Battlegirl Star Galactica. We're telling people to watch it, and then... <laughs> I'm, I don't give a shit because if you <laughs> haven't watched it na- at this point like the show's been out since the au- early aughts oh my god so, so long yeah so you've had your t- you've had your chance to get caught up it's nuts to me when I think about that because I remember when the last season talking about it when I was still playing roller derby because a bunch of us mm. would all talk about it and then just yeah. the fact that it was like i'm like that's so long ago at this point that i'm like god yeah time time, time. works weird yeah <laughs> it's 2022 uh who would have thought someone someone i follow on twitter was like well i'm 25 and and i want to be like Shh. and that's so unfair because when i was 25 i was an adult you know <laughs> but yeah, it's like just... those it's like those tiktoks that are like Okay, if you were born uh, before, like, 1995, and it's just, like, me crumbling to dust. Like, is that possible? (laughs) No. Why are you on the internet? You're a small child. (laughs) No. No. Yeah. I love that, like, online now, people born in the 90s are considered, I'm using air quotes here, old (laughs) <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> I was born in the 70s. 
Well, I was discussing, actually, the other day, I was chatting with friend of the show, Gina Radcliffe, because I was watching the uh, 1998 miniseries. Ah, and you didn't tell me? I would have watched it with you. I'm sorry. It was on Megan. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, oh, it's going off Tubi. I gotta watch it again. But there's just so many references to, like, some of those characters being, like, 40. And I'm like, mm, you're 40. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Sure. Would All we right. say that? Do you really think you're 40? Like, a tool, I mean, yes. Like, John Britter, absolutely not 40. <laughs> Harry Anderson, not 40. Well, it's so weird, though, because when you watch stuff from, like, the 80s and early 90s, when they show someone that's, like, 40, they look so old. <laughs> Yeah, or when you watch, like, an older, older movie and mm-hmm. some characters, like, well, I'm 27 years old, and you're like, you are? And a lot of that is styling, because, you know, everyone yeah. has, like, the, the hairstyle, like, the fitted, like, yeah, the pointy bra and a set hairdo. Like, that ages you. Oh, for sure. Uh, but it was just watching, watching it and this, all of them, and just all of the, like, world weariness where they're like, oh. I'm 40. Like, you don't even remember your childhood trauma. You should not I'm be sorry, this, like, put a But Mike Hanlon, there is no way he was 40. <laughs> they try to have the excuse about, like, his hair going gray when he was, like, in the sewer. And it's just like, yeah, but that doesn't explain all of it. No. <laughs> what about the rest? Like, I love you, Mike Hanlon, but... Uh... Mike, have you been spending a lot of time in the sun? Mike, you gotta chill out a little, man. Are you smoking you gotta just... cigarettes? Yeah. Well, that yes. That they drink definitely age you so much in that movie. Oh my! It's God. understandable, but like everyone yeah. is just drinking entire just tumblers of scotch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything as I drink a tumbler of scotch as we were recording this, but. But you aren't like pounding them, and you aren't. And I'm then not trying, trying to fight to pass, a clown. And I'm not trying to pass myself off as forty when I am forty-four. You're not about to battle a giant spider in a sewer. No. Insofar as I know, I mean, I don't know what you do with your time all the time. Um. So correct me if I'm wrong here. Oh, so that's the end of the chapter. Moving mm. on. Um, Sorry. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Mm. Um. I heard that there's going to be a new, like, mini-series that's, like, a prequel to It about Pennywise. Why? I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) If you're not doing, like, the full eldritch horror that is, like, what Pennywise actually is, then don't do it. It's either you're doing all, like... Something that showed a ton of the history of dairy would be really mm. cool. Those are some of my favorite parts in the book. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But other than that, like what? Oh, here he comes from outer space. Yeah. From the void. Like. Yeah, that's actually like that episode where they do the smoke hole ceremony or that chapter in the book is mm-hmm. so fucking good. Yeah. It's so intense. Um. But at the same time, it's like, if you could somehow, like, really wrap that up into an actual, like, movie or television experience, then I would be all down for it. But if you're not, if you're going to half-ass it and if you're going to be like, oh, here's an evil clown, 
then fuck off because we've already had that you know (laughs) and are they gonna try to like make it i i I just don't see what you're going to do because unless you're gonna try to like say what that he's not an evil trans-dimensional being please do not give me a tragic fucking backstory on pennywise oh my god if they give pennywise the dancing clown a tragic backstory i i will will throw i will i will take my hardback copy of it and i will drive to hollywood and throw it at someone that they cannot possibly you can't you can't do that i'm just i'm gonna put my foot down on this don't like are they just doing it to because they're trying like they think they'll get bill skarsgård maybe i don't know i think i think that he is i think they said that he is attached to it yeah you have to look this up wise prequel prequel i'm typing Pennywise prequel. I'd rather it be in your HBO Max. You have enough going on. Uh, Seriously. Let's see. You could bring back Carnival and this is what you want to do? Oh, please bring back Carnival. Yeah. The infamous clown will be given an origin story. I don't want an origin story. He doesn't need an origin story. He's not really a clown. He's not a clown. He is. Okay, here's the thing. I'm going to explain it to the people that don't know. Pennywise is like. If you were to clip your bangs, the shit that falls into the sink, that's what Pennywise is. Like, the rest of him (laughs) that exists outside of, like, dimensional space is, like, the rest of your entire body. Yeah, like, that's... He's... uh... He's just, like, a microscopic part of an enormous, like, inconceivable whole. Yeah, it's... He's he looks like a clown because he thinks that that's like gonna get him victims because like kids love clowns and it's mm-hmm. like they don't yeah. and they don't love clowns love look like that. <laughs> no, I did love when the when they were first showing Im- like images and stuff from the it movies and people were mm. like, I don't like how this clown looks. It's too creepy. It's like okay, what's your baseline there, Tim Curry? Because that was a creepy yeah. ass clown. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, most clowns are just pretty creepy as it is, but he's supposed to be. He's a monster. Yeah. He's a literal monster. They're going to do tragic backstory and explain his homophobia. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> Ugh. Um. Megan, I swan to John. <laughs> They're going to talk about how his father's name was Robert Gray, and that's why he calls himself that. <laughs> uh, maybe the turtle will be there. Maybe the turtle will be there. God, please, the turtle. We yeah, need the turtle. but he, the turtle had a tummy ache. The turtle doesn't give a shit, yeah. but he'll help because he's begrudging. Yeah. I love so. that. It's like Morla, the ancient one, my other favorite. Yeah. Hey, turtle. It, everyone. Good book. It, ladies read and it. gentlemen. Read it. <laughs> See you the can movies skip parts if you must. <laughs> yeah, there's there's parts you can definitely Get, skip. Talk to us on social media. Yeah. Uh, we um, will tell you we'll when tell to stop. You. Just anytime it's a chapter that opens with Patrick Hockstetter, you can skip ahead. That part, yeah, you can skip those. And there's a part towards the end that we will mm-hmm. also tell you to skip. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you'll be fine. You'll be yeah, fine. So don't worry about it. Well, I think this is a good place to end <laughs> this random ass episode. <laughs> Woo! Oh, Megan, do you have anything to plug this week? Have you guested on any other shows? <laughs> I let's see. I don't know if I've. I'll just uh, whatever. I'll just cover everything. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. last. A month or so ago, I was on Horror Queers talking yeah. about Piranha 3D. Uh, it's a great, great episode. episode. It's was very, very fun being on there. It was great. And then I was on Kill by Kill for their episode on Alligator for yeah. their Animal Attack April, which is still ongoing and is great. You should check those episodes out if you love Animal mm-hmm. Attack movies. And uh, I recently wrote a review that I would like to plug oh. both my review and the show itself. I wrote a review of the HBO series The Baby, uh, which is a British series. It's a horror comedy about a woman named Natasha who finds herself suddenly in possession <laughs> of a baby. And that baby may be possibly murderous. It's a murderous yeah. baby. Uh, it was a fantastic review. Like Thank I you. actually like, even though it's a horror comedy, I found myself getting like emotional reading it. So <laughs> because you put you put a lot of your personal like experiences into it, and it was yes. a really lovely, uh, it was a really lovely write up. So Thank you. I encourage everyone to go find that over at thespool.net. Yes. and please check out the baby on mm-hmm. HBO. As I say in the review, the most frustrating part was that I only got six of the eight episodes to review. So, like, I don't know what happens. And I'm just like, now I have to wait six weeks. That's me with the the flight attendant. They send you the first six. And it's like, uh, excuse me. I I promise not to tell the ending. Like, I also, and I'll just say this, because I always find myself, it's hard to write reviews without spoilers. Because mm-hmm. sometimes if they don't give you a list of things you can't mention, you're not yeah. sure what they count as a spoiler. And after I turned in my review, I read some other ones just to see like what other people thought of the baby. And like they put so much plot into their reviews that I was like, but that's whole plot lines. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that part was really exciting when it got revealed. Why would you just tell that part? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I mean, sometimes you get lists from studios or channels that tell you yeah. what not to mention and it's like literally okay what can i say like this is a show yeah i um when i got oh gosh what was that series i got like a whole list of things i could and couldn't mention in mm-hmm. the reviews and it was just like very strict <laughs> i was just like well i'll give it i'll do my best <laughs> yeah it's like it's about this stuff and that's all. Yeah. It doesn't sound very interesting, but it is. Just watch yeah. it. So, uh, and then I'm going to uh, just say this is not something that I have written written up or anything, but I saw it. I've seen it twice now, and I, want, I, I think everyone needs to get out and see it. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. I've seen it twice now. I could easily go back and see it another two times. It is just such an incredible movie going experience and i do like encourage people to see it in the theater because it's like one of those things that's like you you're going on a journey and those people in the theater are going on that journey with you whether you like it or not i want to say it's so bad 
it's so good. It's just such a remarkable, original, refreshing, beautiful movie of funny, weird, just everything you could ever want in a film. Like, I can't, I know I'm, it sounds like I'm really like talking it up more than it deserves, but I'm not. Like, it's really that good. Like, the hype is real. And I saw The Northman, uh, which I also recommend for different reasons, mostly for all of the nice butts. Oh, say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they wouldn't, <laughs> apparently Robert Eggers is kind of cranky that they wouldn't let him, like, actually show penises in the movie. So, Get over it, Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but there are lots of, lots of uh, very nice rumps to be seen. <laughs> in that movie and it's very like it's very bloody it's actually like i i did a little reading on it and it's apparently what shakespeare based hamlet on because i'm oh, like oh, is, okay is this like a retelling of hamlet but anyone that knows shakespeare knows that he was like the first fanfic writer yeah. <laughs> you know he he was the one out there like retelling shit so it, it is a retelling of an actual like norse story all right of this prince so um love yeah, robert eggers yeah if you like robert eggers i would say it's like one of his most accessible movies if you're going in expecting <laughs> something as weird as like the witch or the lighthouse it's not going to be that weird but it is just like, like a really straightforward like beautiful but very like bloody and grim what was that was that you that shared that tweet that was like because i know it smells in their trilogy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty much like every every robert eggers movie is like i know it smells wild in there <laughs> just historically speaking even I before mean, anything starts to get gross or weird it's just like yeah oh. so yeah i mean you know that he built that that house in the witch he built had that lighthouse built for the lighthouse and then like he has this whole fucking mid medieval village built amazing for that and it was it was really like Scarsgard was fantastic like that man is a beast and it's i love seeing him play like roles like this where he can just like unleash because in real life like you see him in interviews and he's just so like soft-spoken and kind of gentle and yeah. goofy <laughs> so it's really kind of fun to see him just go off like that do you think it was just because he was jealous his brother got to be a Viking for all those years on Vikings? I don't think so. I mean, his dad is in the movie, too. <laughs> I think it's, he's obligated to bring his dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. Can I bring my dad? I gotta bring Stellan. Yeah. Well, and Robert Eggers I, is like, it's fine. Willem's here, too. So <laughs> I just and I know that I mean, I, I, you know, was making the joke about his brother. I just feel I feel like. Gustav is the forgotten Skarsgård, so I just got to throw it out there for him, you know? Mm -hmm. No, he's I'm not, a big fan. Big fan of Gustav. He's not Alex or Bill, so. Or Stellan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many. There's, there's so, so many, many of, them. of them. And the rest of them. And the rest. Yeah. And the rest. <laughs> and the girl. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I think that's a good place to wrap it yes. up for this week. As always, you can find us over at thespool.net where we write about film and television. Uh, we'd love for you to email us because I don't know how much longer, you know, Elon's going to let us be on Twitter, but <laughs> he's going to see that we've been cyberbullying him for months now. <laughs> um, no, e 
email us, write us a letter, uh, weirdingpodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, you can find us currently on Twitter at weirdingpod, Instagram, same thing. Yeah, just uh, get in touch. Say, hey, what's up? Yeah. You guys tangent too much. Don't tell us that. We already know. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, until next time, everybody, be nice. Take, Take your, your spice. spice. Bye.